Hi, it's Pete Price with Mike Mumfield, who is the operations director of Luban. Now, Luban is a Chinese restaurant, but there's a hell of a story. And I've got the story for you now. Why not sit back and listen with me and Mike going on a journey? And it's a journey and a half. Hello, Mike. Hi, Pete. How are you doing? I'm well. Thank you very much indeed for joining us. First of all, tell us a potted history about you as a chef. Oh, good question. Um, my, my education started um, in South Cheshire College, as it was called at the time, Crew College. Um, and from Crew College, I did my time in London, working in hotels. Um, moved to Chester to work at a few hotels in Chester. And then um, worked for ICI at the Heath offices in Runcorn, um, when it used to be the R&D side of, of ICI, uh, cooking for all the directors and the visitors and all their guests. And then through um, a chance meeting, really, I ended up doing some voluntary work at Halton College, now Riverside College, uh, a full year of voluntary work on a on a Monday evening teaching the students and so, took a chance to it, really. Um, did that for two or three years. Uh, and then moved to Bradford College in Altringham. Stayed there for a few years. Did a bit of part-time work at a few other colleges in between. And then travelled to Kendall in the Lake District. Uh, always wanted to live in the lake. So managed to secure a job at Kendall College where we set up the Lakes Hotel School, uh, which still goes from strength to strength now. Uh, from Kendall, Pete went to Hubert College, which is where you and I first met, yep. um, and set up the L20 Hotel School. Which and was amazing. Work, yeah. Yeah, thank you. Still is, still is. Yeah, it uh, is indeed, and a tremendous restaurant. We'll leave it there because I've got so many things to ask you. What we will do uh, before we talk uh, about Luban is talk about the catering industry. People are struggling. It is a gift. It is a, a vocation. But it also can make you a great deal of money, but you have to work hard, don't you? Sell it to us. Yeah, it is a great industry. Um, working with young people when they first come into education and the industry, they, they, it's a, it can be a bit of a shock. But once you're in the system and once you start to excel through the system, you can be a senior manager earning great salaries in your mid to late 20s. Uh, many friends have gone through that route. Brilliant. Uh, it is tough. It is long hours. Um, the money has been challenging, but it is improving through necessity, really in recent months uh, due to the chef's staff shortage. Um, but an amazing career and friends for life in the industry, as you, as you know, yeah. Pete. Yeah. And you can travel the world with it. I mean, I love it. I went to catering college. Uh, mine was Birkenhead Tech, Food Technology Department, all those years ago, and it, it stayed with me. Um, I mean, it's changed enormously to what it is. And you can also go on television, you work on the ships, and when you get your diplomas, you can go anywhere in the world. And it is fascinating to, to see how catering has changed. Now, tell us the story of Luban, because it's a hell of a story, isn't it? Yeah, it's a fascinating story. So um, I'll start with my involvement and how we got from my initial phone call to opening the restaurant and to the awards that we've received recently. So I I was, um, because of my background in education, I was approached by two of, the, two of the partners in the business who are now directors of the business. They were the driving force in the start, really, of the journey. And they had been to China and were working on what was known as the Luban Workshop. Um, which is a government initiative in China 
which is their way of doing vocational education, so practical education. Um, and with the Luban workshop, there was an opportunity for 12 countries around the world to tender for work where they would deliver education within a certain subject. So, for example, there was logistics, there was robotics, um, there was IT. And on the list was uh, Chinese cookery and culture. Um, and the pair of them, Russ and Zhao Li, um, secured the contract to deliver Chinese cookery outside of China. And, the, and the, through the Luban workshop. So it, it, it's, it's important to explain Luban and what Luban is. It's, um, it is a person. He was a 5th century BC carpenter. Um, and allegedly, his way of teaching his apprentices and the skills he shared is what is still instilled into the Chinese vocational education system. So Luban, obviously, some of the listeners will know Luban through the restaurant. And if there's any joiners or carpenters listening, they may even have a Luban plane um, because Luban is the name of a manufacturer that makes carpentry tools because oh. Mr. Luban himself invented such things as the grappling hook, the set square, the plane, the saw, the well. And he's also credited with carving a bird out of wood that stayed in the air tethered for over three days, which we now know, know as the kite. Wow. Um, wow. Not only not only was Mr. Luban an inventor, um, Mrs. Luban invented the umbrella. <laughs> it gets better and better. So when I know you've been to the restaurant, Pete, several times, but for those who may want to venture and come into the restaurant, you will see around the restaurant carpentry tools scattered in some of the private dining rooms. Um, umbrellas. Typical Chinese umbrellas. They're not just there to show. They, there is a story attached to them. Wow. And the symbol of the restaurant is the lock. Um, the, some people may be familiar with the Luban puzzle lock. Well, Mr. Luban's way of securing items was to store them within a puzzle. Or if you could decipher the puzzle, it would open a box or a door, hence the lock. It, it, it's just amazing. It's uh, uh, That's a hell of a story in itself. Now, why would he want to come to other cities? Why does he want or why did he want to to, to do this? Well, Mr. Lipan himself did, didn't didn't travel that, that I know of. I'm sure he did travel and say, but I couldn't guarantee that he travelled overseas. But it was his ethos and his philosophy of teaching which has been instilled into Chinese culture, which is now their vocational system. However, the reason why we're involved is with the Chinese government saying to their colleges and their universities and their state-owned businesses, you must partner with an organization that can deliver and promote Chinese food and culture. So we're very lucky to be partnered with the Changjin School of Commerce, as it's called, because our food is, is evolved and influenced by the region of Changjin in the north, um, from, the, from the west, sorry, the east coast of China, sort of north. Northwest yeah. coast of China. Um, so we work with the college, and we also work with the Changjin Food Group. So we're fortunate that all our food and the qualifications that we've created are the food in those qualifications and the food we serve at the restaurant is very much influenced from Tianjin. Now it's worth pointing out the similarities between Changjin and Liverpool. If I were to say the city has got a large Ferris wheel on its waterfront. 
It's renowned for its ports and its docks and the culture that those ports and docks have generated through music and food as well as uh, products being taken into the port. And it's also the city that produces the most comedians in that particular country. <laughs> and I'm talking about I'm talking about Tianjin. So it's fascinating the similarity between the two cities. Amazing. So, Amazing. So we we're we're very lucky to work with the college and the um, and the Tianjin Food Group. Um, and so just just stories attached to the college. Um, the chefs that teach in that college are all master chefs, but they are master chefs who assess master chefs. So Master Wu is the gentleman that we work most closely with. And for the listeners who know Dave Christie, our exec chef, we're very fortunate to have Dave within the business. Dave is working very closely with Master Chef to become a Master Chef in his own right. So Dave will be, as we're told, the first non-Chinese Master Chef or the first Master Chef to be accredited outside of China. Wow. It's huge for him and, and amazing for the restaurant. Um, Dave's in constant dialogue with the college. Because um, whenever we do a new menu or new dishes, we always speak to the college about the dishes uh, to make sure we're still respecting the integrity of the original dish when we when we serve it at the restaurant. Mike, I've got to ask, when the when you set set it all up, uh, you must have set it up and had the Chinese on your back all the time, making sure it was all right. How did they react when they first came to the opening? And I was there on the opening night, but how did they react? Well, prior to the opening, Pete, we'd, um, obviously we'd had lots of dialogue with them because, because of the way that the funding works for the restaurant. So the initial meeting that we had um, with, with the Chinese delegation who came to Liverpool was to um, understand the relationship with the council because that was, that was an integral part of the, of the project. Um, but we actually took, um, I think there was about 10 Chinese delegates from the college and the Tianjin Food Group, and we showed them at several locations around Liverpool, including um, Water Street, where, on the side of the Cunard building where the old uh, nursery was, whether that was a suitable location. Yeah. And we wanted to show them the Albert Dock, but that wasn't possible. Uh, we showed them Cain's Brewery Village, and we showed them um, part, uh, a building on London Road. Um, when they saw Cain's Brewery Village, Bearing in mind that somebody went into that space that was the old red brick market. Yeah, yeah. Um, the the vice president, I think it was, of Chandian Food Group, actually hugged one of the steel columns in the brewery and said it feels like home. Oh, wow. Um, so, w- which we didn't understand at first, but when we visited China, the architecture of parts of Chandian and you look at parts of Liverpool, they could be, you could swap, you could swap cities and they wouldn't look out of place. Mm-hmm. So they, they loved what they saw. They loved the fact that we chose Liverpool because it was I was asked to choose a city in the, in, in the UK to do this project. Yeah. For me, straight away, it was Liverpool because of the, the history of the Chinese uh, culture. Yeah. Um, and so when they saw Liverpool, they just fell in love with it. If anybody's just joined me, I'm talking to Mike, who's the operations director for Luban, and you're hearing a story about the most bizarre setting ready to open this incredible restaurant. Now, first question I've got to ask after all that, how did the Chinese community accept it? Were they wary of it? Um, yes, they were, yes. But we respected the Chinese community and felt that we needed to share the project with them. 
And so we did speak to some of the elders of the Chinese community and told them exactly what we were doing and why we were doing it and how it was being funded. And it core business being that of education, even though we serve great food and drink, our core business is education. And we, after a few weeks, skepticism, I think, was fair to say, and uncertainty. Um, but we actually showed one of the elders round before we even opened. And it's fair to say he was blown away and pleased that we'd, we'd done what we'd done and respected um, the culture. We're not a Red Dragon and Red Lantern restaurant, as you know. Um, our design is, is informed by what we saw in Tianjin. So, yeah, that we were, they, were, yeah. they were pleased, I think. I think that's fair to say. Now, I've eaten there several times. It was a culture shock to me. Um, because I had been brought up with, first of all, Chinese food from when I was a young lad, which was just, it was just there. It was a huge place of food. Then I moved on to Cantonese food and learned that it is still beautiful, like the shumais, like the stuffed dog, things like that. But also the portions. Now, this is now basically, or correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Luban is a fine dining Chinese style, isn't it? Um, we don't like the tag fine dine because right. the culture, it, it generates um, to some people um, an expensive price tag and a restaurant that may be one where it's not accessible to all. Um, we've inherited the fine dine tag through social media and through TripAdvisor. And, right. Uh, but it's not, it's not a phrase we promote. What we like to say is that we we buy good ingredients, we prepare them, well, we cook them well, and we like to serve them well. That's, that's our that's our ethos. And we, as far as the service is concerned, we always say, let's just get the basics right, and the rest will follow. So, but it's not the portions of Chinese food that people would normally expect. Is no, it? it's not. No, it's not. Um, what we when we first opened, there was a few people came into the restaurant and said, "This isn't Chinese food." And when we spoke to them, what they were comparing is the food that they were used to, as you as you described earlier, with it being um, Cantonese, southern China. The food we serve um, is, not, is northern from Tianjin, so uh, we use lots of fresh ingredients. We try to keep fresh flavours and respect the original dish. So, yes, it um, isn't what people expect in some cases, but we still serve dishes that people will recognize for example we do serve ribs we do serve fried rice but it comes with black truffle and soybeans and a duck egg amazing dish we serve ribs um, that have been cooked for 12 hours but served in a sauce that we experienced in in china so there's lots of stuff people will recognize but as you say pete there's some stuff that people yeah. would be surprised to see do you get a big chinese uh, community coming in not a huge amount of people, but those people who do come in um, do do enjoy what 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 we what we serve and what we do, but not huge numbers, no. Mike, the other thing that I find very interesting about Louvain, first of all, I've got to tell you, it's a beautiful, beautiful setting. I love the way it's been built inside. In fact, it would make the most wonderful nightclub I've ever been in. I really love it that much. <laughs> but there's a lot of experiences in there, isn't it? It's not just a restaurant. It is, it's a journey, isn't it? Yeah. So when we when we started the research with the with the college and the Changing Food Group, I visited China on on three occasions. Uh, the first time was to meet obviously the people involved in the project, 
And the second time was to go and do some research on restaurants and the design of restaurants and what restaurants look like within the within Tianjin. So it's, yeah, probably both of it really. I just took lots of photographs. I took photographs of signs, floors, doors, walls, ceilings, lights, and uh, if you if you recall all the lights in the main restaurant, Pete, with all the big discs, the copper yeah. discs. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I walked into a hotel kitchen, and along the back wall of the hotel kitchen were stockpot pan lids made out of copper, all lined up. So I took a photograph of that, and that's what we've replicated to the the ceiling. But within the restaurant, we've got four private areas uh, or rooms that people can dine in, um, with a maximum of fourteen guests in one particular room. So that's the wine room. Um, and our partners in China own a winery called this Dynasty Wine, uh, Dynasty Wine Group. And Wealthy went to visit the winery. And we did a tasting on a long wooden table. Um, and the walls were green and gold, hence why we've got the long table and the green and gold in the, in the wine room. Mm-hmm. Then we've got the, what we call the Changjin private dining room, which is a beautiful room with a big round table. Um, with a lazy Susie, that was typical of a lot of the restaurants we went to see. Comfy chairs, nice big table. Um, we've used some of the brewery bare brick to show off the architecture of the brewery and the walls and the ceiling of the colours that we saw in some restaurants. Then we've got the food lab, which is which is a, a unique space, really, because um, it's a bit like a large chef's table, but we do lots of quirky things in there. And that was designed because, again, we went to the Changin Food Group R&D headquarters. We went to this lab, and I just thought it would be amazing to dine in here because it was so quirky. We've even got a skeleton like most labs in there. Um, <laughs> that's the 12 people, and I know you've dined in there, Pete, a couple of times. And then we've got the chef's table. Um, I don't think it's the only chef's table in Liverpool, but it's certainly an amazing experience. Um, you basically are in there two, three hours and you you get the privilege of listening to Dave from the kitchen and see all the chefs who are in the kitchen as well as having your own menu, uh, the current menu in the chef's table are the dishes that Dave did on the Great British menu. Yep. Now tell me, are you getting English people coming in to be chefs in Chinese food? Yes, yes we do. The kitchen is full of scouts um, and under Dave's tutorage, um, they are learning the dishes and learning the culture of, of China. We've, it's fair to say we've been very lucky with, with chefs. We do struggle with pastry skills, um, pastry chefs in, in short demand, but we have an amazing sous chef called Kaylee, and Dave has, has taught her the dishes and created the dishes with Kaylee, um, and Kaylee's very strong on that section. So we're not short of chefs. We do have a turnover with service staff um, so we still sort of a hangover of COVID with, with yeah, students yeah. in particular we lost a lot of our staff with students like a lot of restaurants amazing young people studying at the universities and working with us but that's coming back um, so yes we always have vacancies but we're not one of the restaurants that have to adjust their business because of staff shortages Mike, it's a fascinating story. To finish off, um, did I hear you've won some awards? Yeah, 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 we did. Um, We won uh, won the Liverpool Tourism Award for the best restaurant, and we won the Resilience Award. Both of those awards automatically enter you into the finals of Visit England, where we were shortlisted for the Visit England Taste of England, in essence, best restaurant. 
Um, we were up against a two-star restaurant of Moor Hall and a one-star of Fishers of Barlow. We were in the queue whilst the announcements were being made, um, and we won gold, and we were we were bowled over. I think it's fair to say we're still in shock from winning it. Um, but yeah, we, we so we are Visit England's best restaurant. Mike, where can they find um, the best restaurant? Where is it? So we're situated in Cane's Brewery Village, um, Stanhope Street. Uh, we're tucked away. We're behind the big black Guinness gate of Punch Carmi's Courtyard. Um, you can find us on our website, which is lubanrestaurant.co.uk, or you can phone us on 0151 355 being the lucky Chinese number. Mike, it's been a fascinating journey. Thank you so much for speaking to us. Thank you very much, Pete. Have a great evening. If you enjoyed that, why not subscribe? Because we've got a wonderful back catalogue of interviews. 